0: SECTION 27 OF INQUIRY CONCERNING POLITICAL JUSTICE AND ITS INFLUENCE ON MORALS AND HAPPINESS This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org This recording by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in January 2020 Inquiry Concerning Political Justice and Its Influence on Morals and Happiness by William Godwin. Book Three, Chapter Seven of Forms of Government. Uniformity of the Nature of Man, Different Degrees in which he Possesses Information, Imperfect Schemes of Society, Estimated, Mode in which Improvements are to be Realized. Inference there is one other topic relative to general principles of government which it seems fitting and useful to examine in this place is there a scheme of political institution which as coming nearest to perfection ought to be prescribed to all nations or on the other hand are different forms of government best adapted to the condition of different nations each worthy to be commended in its peculiar place, but none proper to be transplanted to another soil. The latter part of this alternative is the creed which has ordinarily prevailed, but it is attended with obvious objections. If one form of government makes one nation happy, why should it not equally contribute to the felicity of another? the points in which human beings resemble are infinitely more considerable than those in which they differ we have the same senses and the impressions on those senses which afflict me may ordinarily be expected to be sources of anguish to you is it true that men differ in their habits and tastes but these are accidental varieties there is but one perfection to man one thing most honourable one thing that to a well-organised and healthful mind will produce the most exquisite pleasure all else is deviation and error a disease to be cured not to be encouraged sensual pleasure on the one hand or intellectual on the other is absolutely speaking the highest and most desirable we are not to make too much account of the perversions of taste Men long inured to slavery, for example, undoubtedly have a less exquisite sense of its hatefulness. Perhaps instances may be found where it is born without a murmur. But this is by no means a proof that it is the fit and genuine state of the beings who suffer it. To such men we ought to say, You are satisfied with an oblivion of all that is eminent in man, but we will awake you. You are contented with ignorance, but we will enlighten you you are not brutes you are not stones you sleep away existence in a miserable neglect of your most valuable privileges but you are capable of exquisite delights you are formed to glow with benevolence to expatiate in the fields of knowledge to thrill with disinterested transport to enlarge your thoughts so as to take in the wonders of the material universe and the principles that bound and ascertain the general happiness if then it appears that the means which are beneficial to one man ought in the most important instances to be deemed most desirable for others the same principle which applies to all other sources of moral influence will also apply to government every political system must have a certain influence upon the moral state of the nation among whom it exists some are more favourable or less inimical to the general interest than others that form of society which is most conducive to improvement to the exalted and permanent pleasure of man the sound politician would wish to see universally realized such is the true theory of this subject taken in its most absolute form but there are circumstances that qualify the universality of these principles the best gift that can be communicated to man is valuable only so far as it is esteemed it is in vain that you heap upon me benefits that i neither understand nor desire the faculty of understanding is an essential part of every human being cannot with impunity be overlooked in any attempt to alter or ameliorate his condition government in particular is founded in opinion nor can any attempt to govern men otherwise than in conformity to their own conceptions be expected to prove salutary a project therefore to introduce abruptly any species of political institution merely from a view to its absolute excellence and without taking into account the state of the public mind must be absurd and injurious the best mode of political society will no doubt be considered by the enlightened friend of his species as the ultimate object of his speculations and efforts but he will be on his guard against precipitate measures the only mode for its secure and auspicious establishment is through the medium of a general preference in its favour. The consequence which flows from this view of the subject is, in a certain degree, favourable to the ideas which were stated in the beginning of the chapter as constituting the more general and prevailing opinion. Quote, different forms of government are best adapted to the condition of different nations. Close quote yet there is one form in itself considered better than any other form every other mode of society except that which conduces to the best and most pleasurable state of the human species is at most only an object of toleration it must of necessity be ill in various respects it must entail mischiefs it must foster unsocial and immoral prejudices yet upon the whole it may be like some excrescences and defects in the human frame it cannot immediately be removed without introducing something worse in the machine of human society all the wheels must move together he that should violently attempt to raise any one part into a condition more exalted than the rest or force it to start away from its fellows would be the enemy and not the benefactor of his contemporaries it follows however from the principles already detailed that the interests of the human species require a gradual but uninterrupted change he who should make these principles the regulators of his conduct would not rashly insist upon the instant abolition of all existing abuses but he would not nourish them with false praise he would show no indulgence to their enormities He would tell all the truth he could discover in relation to the genuine interests of mankind. Truth, delivered in a spirit of universal kindness, with no narrow resentments or angry invective, can scarcely be dangerous, or fail, so far as relates to its own operation, to communicate a similar spirit to the hearer. Truth, however unreserved be the mode of its enunciation, will be sufficiently gradual in its progress." It will be fully comprehended, only by slow degrees, by its most assiduous votaries, and the degrees will be still more temperate, by which it will pervade so considerable a portion of the community as to render them mature for a change of their common institutions. Again, if conviction of the understanding be the compass which is to direct our proceedings in the general affairs, we shall have many reforms, but no revolutions." as it is only in a gradual manner that the public can be instructed a violent explosion in the community is by no means the most likely to happen as the result of instruction revolutions are the produce of passion not of sober and tranquil reason there must be an obstinate resistance to improvement on the one side to engender a furious determination of realizing a system at a stroke on the other The reformers must have suffered from incessant counteraction till, inflamed by the treachery and art of their opponents, they are wrought up to the desperate state of imagining that all must be secured in the first favourable crisis as the only alternative for its being ever secured. It would seem, therefore, that the demand of the effectual ally of the public happiness upon those who enjoy the privileges of the state would be, do not give us too soon do not give us too much but act under the incessant influence of a disposition to give us something government under whatever point of view we examine this topic is unfortunately pregnant with motives to censure and complaint incessant change everlasting innovation seem to be dictated by the true interests of mankind But government is the perpetual enemy of change. What was admirably observed by a particular system of government is in a great degree true of all. They lay their hand on a spring there is in society and put a stop to its motion. Their tendency is to perpetuate abuse. Whatever was once thought right and useful, they undertake to entail to the latest posterity they reverse the genuine propensities of man and instead of suffering us to proceed teach us to look backward for perfection they prompt us to seek the public welfare not in the alteration and improvement but in the timid reverence for the decisions of our ancestors as if it were the nature of the human mind always to degenerate and never to advance man is in a state of perpetual mutation he must grow either better or worse either correct his habits or confirm them the government under which we are placed must either increase our passions and prejudices by fanning the flame or by gradual discouraging tend to extirpate them in reality it is impossible to conceive a government that shall have the latter tendency by its very nature positive institution has a tendency to suspend the elasticity and progress of mind every scheme for embodying imperfection must be injurious that which is to-day a considerable melioration will at some future period if preserved unaltered appear a defect and disease in the body politic it is earnestly to be desired that each man should be wise enough to govern himself without the intervention of any compulsory restraint And since government, even in its best state, is an evil, the object principally to be aimed at is that we should have as little of it as the general peace of human society will permit. End of Section 27 of Forms of Government